0: One. Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful. For the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal and I'm here today with Bruce McCready. Hey Bruce. Hey you're
1: David. Co- How are you doing tonight?
0: I like you're close to the camera there. It's, I like that. It's
1: late night. Yeah, I'm leaning in because I was too short. So I'm Good stuff. Just sitting tall.
0: Yeah. yeah. Late night. Late night, Bruce. You got the game grades. I was I um, watched the first and the third, and then I went over the grade chances for the second because in between there I was at my game of my own for my own team. So, um, and uh, that was a hard-fought affair. But this was a this was an interesting game. And mm. uh, let's let's just get right into it. This is our two good things, two bad things, and two numbers podcast on Edmonton's three-two win over the Calgary. Flames, is that three road? That's three road games in a row that they won.
1: Yep, three zero and zero road trip with with uh, no points conceded in uh, three point games. I Oilers haven't had a three point game all year. It's all regulation.
0: They're getting it together, eh? They're getting it together.
1: Finding ways to get her done, David.
0: What's your good thing, Bruce?
1: Yeah. Lots of good things out of this game, a few bad things, but uh, I'm going to go, we're only going to do one each because of the lateness of the hour, so I'm going to kind of cheat and do three things in one and credit the entire line of uh, Connor McDavid between Zach Hyman and Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who very much drove Edmonton's offense in this game, and it was a high event game for McDavid who was on the ice for all five goals scored by both teams, uh, earning a goal and two assists for Edmonton, uh, but also being something of a defensive culprit on on both Calgary goals, as we judged it. Uh, A little late to react to Tyson Berry's uh, uh, problems on the far point on the uh, shorthanded goal, and also uh, beaten a little bit unluckily by a pass out from the end board set tipped off a guy's skate and passed McDavid and right to the goal scorer. Uh, But that was the only two defensive mistakes he made all night, whereas he chipped in on eight grade A chances for the Oilers, and uh, three of those wound up in goals. Uh, He scored on his only shot, kind of a weird one from the sideboards that uh, somehow managed to uh, uh, discombobulate uh, netminder Jacob Markstrom in uh, Calgary Cage, who uh, wasn't ready for that McDavid shot. And otherwise, he was more into the playmaking, but he was setting up Hyman, who had a number of dangerous shots and two goals. And RNH, who didn't get a sniff on the score sheet, but had three great chances, a uh, t- couple of robberies by Markstrom, an absolute rocket off the crossbar. And I was thinking, hey, it's not when Markstrom got across to stop Nugent Hopkins, uh drive off his shoulder pad when it was 2-1 for Calgary. I was starting to think maybe this is the night that he's going to get the last laugh. But uh, lo and behold, this, uh, this line found a way to beat him for two even-strength goals in the third period. And they were really the ones that were uh, uh, driving the offense for Everton in this game. I thought they always had a few defensive drive drivers uh, on other lines and pairings. And obviously in the pipes but uh uh we'll hear about that uh, when we get to your good thing in a minute
0: yeah well i guess we're here now um my good I thing is something to add on those guys oh i actually do um so you mcdavid chipped on on eight grade a shots the owners only had nine <laughs> so that's not a bad night he was he was all over their offense and um in, to- in uh, total, according to our count of grade-A shots, which we do every game through video review, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> discussion between ourselves, um, the Flames had 10 grade-A shots and the orders had nine. Uh, but the inter- when it comes to the five-alarm shot category, these are shots that go in more than 30% of the time. Calgary had eight and the orders only had four. So, So when you look at the expected goals, like on that kind of shooting, it should have been the other way around. This game should have been 3-2 for the Flames based on the um, grade A and five-alarm shot totals. But um, it's it's a 3-2 for the Oilers, and it comes down to my good thing, which is the goalies.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Stuart Skinner was just, again, again, great in that. Mm-hmm. He did his little Ken Dryden imitation there. Uh, he reminds me of Ken <laughs> Dryden for some reason. He's, <laughs> well, he's, that's good. Yeah, that is good, isn't it? I don't know if he's as good as Ken Dryden, but uh, just because he's so tall, he's a tall guy. I mean, all the goalies are tall now. I mean, Dryden towered over almost every other goalie, maybe Gary Smith in his day was as tall, but he was so tall. Skinner's not the tallest goalie in the league. He's not even close. You know, he's one of the tall trees in net, but he is tall. It's when he flashed his pad, all of a sudden there was one one save he made. He made this flashing pad save that I just thought, oh, this huge guy making this pad save, which looked really athletic. And that's that moment I just thought, oh, that that reminds me of uh, my uh, favorite player. One of my favorite players as a kid, Ken Dryden. Um, So, Bruce, he, Stuart Skinner, now leads the NHL in save percentage. He has a 9.55 save percentage. And, of course, it's early in the season. He's only played in uh, four games, and he's had just three starts. Um, But he nonetheless leads the NHL. And, um, you know, he's not going to finish at 9.55, nor is Jake Ottinger in second going to finish at 9.52, save percentage. Um, They're going to come down to earth. But that's really impressive. That's really, um, you know, it's just, it's been heartening to watch his development as a player. And, of course, you know, there's going to be peaks and valleys. There's going to be valleys ahead for Stuart Skinner. We, we know that. Um, nonetheless, he came, he he um, got better as a junior hockey player. Uh, he came into the pros and um, was, in his first couple of years, struggled a bit. And then he got better year after year since mm-hmm. then. He got better. He got better last year. He, he got in the NHL and he was good. And he just looks confident, solid, reliable, quick, good with the puck, square to the shot, um, everything you kind of want in a goalie. Just like a, a, a sense of security when he's in net, and and that's really that's really what you want is that feeling like he ain't gonna let in a goal. He's not gonna let in a bad goal. That's for sure. Right. If they score, it's gonna be a deflection or some weird thing. Mm-hmm. He's gonna make the he's gonna make all of the expected saves, and that's exactly what he did tonight. Every single shot um, that was expected that he would save, he saved. And some, you know, some of the shots that you wouldn't expect him to save, he also saved. You know, even the shots you don't expect NHL goalies to save. You know, the Grade A shots are are tough. You know, um, they're gonna go in twenty five percent of the time. Um, you know, he saved he saved most of those. So um heck of a performance by Stuart Skinner. And he's making a he's gonna make it interesting to see who's the number one goalie on the oilers in the next little while. I think it's gonna go back and forth all season if if you ask me for my prediction. Campbell's gonna get hot for a time and Skinner will be hot for a time, but right now it's Skinner.
1: Sure is. You know your goalie's hot when he lets in two goals on forty two shots and the save percentage goes down. But- <laughs> That's where he was like he was he was rolling at 957 and I guess what is he now 955 or something yeah anyway he's cooking and uh, he was uh, cooking with gas tonight and what I liked uh, best was how uh, how he battled back after the goals against and there's a particular one that that kind of lines up with my bad thing uh, where I thought he basically saved the game for uh, Emonton. Uh, so maybe I'll just jump to my bad thing and we can we'll sort just, of cover just, it.
0: Just, just, well, I just want to make a, one more yeah, point sure. uh, on Markstrom, and uh, I don't want to gloat about how bad Markstrom played because I he's know
1: he good. He made some he, really good saves,
0: and he could come back and crush the others in the playoffs. Like, let's not kid ourselves. So, I, you know, I'm not gonna. But that goal that he let in that breaks your back, right? Like, that just breaks mm-hmm. the team's back. It's hard to win a game mm-hmm. if your goalie lets in a, a C-grade scoring chance shot. And this is Markstrom's problem. He should never leave the net. Like, he just is... He just... From what I've seen, maybe maybe against every other team, he's good when he leaks the net. Against the owners, it's a horror show every time. He, um, It's Halloween night. It's, you know, the goblins are running around and bad things happen. So... Right now, Jack Campbell has an 888 save percentage, and Markstrom has a 903 save percentage. So he's he's not been particularly um, – that was his first loss of the year, though. So mm-hmm. there's that. <clears throat> he's like the winning pitcher in baseball who's got 20 wins and an right. earned run average of 3.97 oh. or something oh. like that. Um, anyway, so, um, yeah, that was just – the grins on the Oilers' faces, Bruce, when that mm-hmm. puck went – there's nothing like a goal that you don't really earn. Like, there's a great goal, like, like an exhilarating goal, like a, like a player like McDavid's where he goes through the whole team. Of course, that's right. the best goal. Right. But a goal like that, just the look of joy and happy surprise on all of those Oilers' faces, including McDavid's, after that one that went in, it was it was priceless. Because, um, you know, they're not expecting it, and then it's in the net, and it's like, oh, that is so sweet. Yeah, well,
1: Flames, goalie fan... I mean, sorry, analyst uh, Kelly Rudy was trying to find reasons for why that went in. And he thought maybe Chris Tan, have got a small piece of it on the <clears> way by. <throat> I watched it a few times. I listened for a deflection and I didn't hear one. And if he did get it, it was just the barest, tiniest piece of it. Uh, but he was just out of position when he, ca- yeah. he went out to try and feel the shoot and missed it. Came scrambled back towards his net and he kind of overskated the crease a little tiny bit. And I also think he maybe misjudged how quickly McDavid was not only going to get to the puck, but could immediately fire it on net. And it went, I think, in between his blocker and his body from like a, you know, what, eight-degree angle. It was way the hell over by the boards down below the hash marks. And you should just never score from there. And Oilers did, and that was, a, that was certainly a game-turning play.
0: Bruce, let's get your bad thing now.
1: Okay, well, I'm going to talk about another game-turning play, but it was part of an absolutely horrid sequence for uh, Tyson Barry, who had a, had a very awful shift on the second period power play, uh, oh, where uh, he was beaten consecutively for a pair of Michael Backlund breakaways on similar plays uh, at the top of the uh, left point, where he quite simply lost a battle to Backlund, who got past him with the puck. Went in on a breakaway, and the first time he beat um, Skinner with a with a wrist shot in close to the body that uh, Stewart couldn't handle. That made it one nothing for Calgary. And then about 20 seconds later, same power play, same personnel out on the ice for the Oilers, and the exact same thing happened to Barry again. And again, Backlund got away. And this time, Barry, I, I give him credit, and I give him credit in a couple of ways. Like he busted his ass in this game. I thought. Not effectively, but he, you know, <laughs> it wasn't for want of of effort. Uh, this was anything but a lazy game from Tyson Barry, in my view. Uh, but the results weren't good. And on the second breakaway, he did manage to kind of get a hack in on uh, uh, on uh, Backlund, which the referee somehow missed, which worked out well for Edmonton. And uh, he kind of forced Backlund. Instead of shooting, he he actually took the puck wide, and then he fed it to Uh Elias Lindholm, right on the edge of the crease for what looked like to be a short tap-in, and somehow Skinner made that save. I don't know how the hell he got over there and got his pad down on it. Maybe that's the one you were referring to earlier. Um, Ken
0: Dryden, yeah.
1: Yeah, where he just came out of nowhere and slammed the door. And it was like six seconds later that Edmonton scored to make it one-to-one. Like they just came right back up the ice after that save and it was uh, uh, um, Drysaddle to McDavid to Hyman to back to McDavid and or back to Drysaddle and it looked like he was going to tap it in but Noah Hannafin saved him the trouble of doing so by making a desperation defensive play and actually deflecting the puck into his own net for an own goal. So Edmonton got a couple of i uh, got a couple of fortuitous bounces in this game, and I think a couple of fortuitous calls, to be honest, and that was one where the, I thought it was a pretty clear one-handed slash from Barry on the on the desperation back check on that one. But Barry, I mean, that was on the power play, and this was in a weird game, David, where the two power plays between them mustered four shots on net and allowed seven. Like how often do you see the two power plays as the two teams get outshot? the man advantage and, and breakaway i think edmonton yielded three breakaways on the on the power play but um uh, whereas a penalty kill gave up almost nothing uh and one shot you know but uh, uh so barry had this disastrous shift and he got off just in time so anyway he was uh, i don't think even on the ice uh he was not uh, bouchard of replacement by the time they scored that goal um but at even strength uh barry playing with uh young marcus Niemelainen, who looked good at times and overwhelmed at times uh barry was uh, uh the puck was just always in edmonton's end or heading fast in that direction his uh, on a shot share at even strength this was away from this disastrous power play shift 6 4 30 against shots, 4 4 18 against, and they were you know they were just defending, defending, defending. And obviously, anyone Oilers fan will tell you that's not the the strength of Barry's game. And I'll say again, I thought he battled his butt off, he blocked four shots, he made some emergency defensive plays, but they were on the run, him and Nima Line. And and I'll I'll be surprised if they go with just that two next game without a without a seventh uh again but i've been surprised before but i wouldn't be i wouldn't be surprised if they changed that up because those guys were in real deep against a hard four checking big heavy calgary team and uh, barry was uh, uh, not you know he, he had a few decent moments but he was mostly Shown in other than his best light in this game, and it was a, it was a tough night for him, even as he was smiling at the end of the game like his teammates were. So.
0: That that uh, that uh, quote from you, Bruce. He busted his ass, but not effectively. You, you say he very busted his ass, but not effectively. That's me in every beer league game I've ever played <laughs> in my life. He. He really struggled. Um he has been struggling this year, honestly, on defense. Like he's he's been leaking a lot of grade A shots against and a much higher a higher rate than he did last year. He was he was better defensively last year. Although he started slow last year. Maybe he'll pick it up. I actually like that they went with um I think these are the great pairings, Bruce. Um until Philip Broberry um gets healthy. I don't know if he's playing yet yeah, on the farm. Till he gets healthy and, and gets back in the orders lineup, which I think is gonna happen this year. Um, Nima Linan's earned that job. He's better than Ryan Murray. I think he has a, an element that Murray doesn't add that big physicality, obviously, but I really, I do like Kulak and Bouchard quite a bit. And I think you, I think, um, they should stay together as a pairing. So, um, Barry and Nima Linen is going to be, and they're just going to have to figure it out, see what happens. And, um, Boy, Nima, Nima Linen had a pretty rough go of it for one stretch, especially in the second period. He yeah, uh, had
1: two bad mistakes right now. Caught. The yeah, caught on, two-on-one, caught
0: on a two on one, caught on a two on one, and he uh, threw the boor- puck up the boards. You know, he just threw the mm-hmm. puck away. He, he did right. the old Chris Russell, right? And um, gets hammered right on net, and uh, there's a rebound that's a very, very dangerous chance. So, anyway. Um, We'll see how Nima Lennon does. He's, mm-hmm. uh, I, I just like, I want to see them go with the 60 and go with these pairings for a couple of games. That that would be my preference. Um, my bad thing. Well, Zach Hyman could have had a hat trick there, right? That would have been yeah. nice. Yeah. And um, so that's my bad thing that he didn't get one. He's, Bruce, he's, he's playing, badly. he is playing great hockey. He's playing outstanding hockey. You know, I, don't, I bet you Zach Hyman has never played this well before. Maybe in the playoffs last year against Calgary. Um, but man, the Oilers are getting great value for that player. Um he, he is he is just outstanding right now. Every line he's on, he makes better. And um it would have been nice to see him rewarded with the, the empty net goal, but uh was it Rasmus Anderson who blocked Rasmus that? Rasmus Anderson
1: again, yeah. Yeah. So same that, guy. The same guy who, uh, in the final game of the 2018-19 season, uh, the game that McDavid got hurt by Giordano, uh, that Leon scored his 50th goal. And everybody said, oh, that's great. He got his 50th goal. And the commentating crew then immediately turned all their attention to Johnny Goudreau's 100th point, which he didn't get. Not mentioning the fact that Leon needed one more goal to earn a share of the Rocket Richard Trophy, and he had it in the last minute. He lobbed, he got the puck out, the orders were leading, he lobbed one and Rasmus Anderson swung over his head and batted the puck down out of the air. Just a wild swing at a, at a puck in the neutral zone. Rob McDavid, or sorry, Drysaddle out, uh, out of the Rocket Richard Trophy. I've never forgiven him for that. Uh, <laughs> So nor when he should did you. it again tonight. I was not pleased. Nor I'm not a big fan you. of Rasmus Anderson, although I will I will say that he doesn't quit. And he didn't quit on that trisaddle shot, nor did he quit on the diamond one tonight. And uh, he is uh, he's not my favorite flame, but uh, credit where due, he made a good play there, and he he, uh, he gave 30 more seconds. But uh, thankfully for Edmonton, most of those 30 seconds were played uh, outside of the Orange blue line. Because they did again, second game in a row. Great job for checking, uh, protecting the lead at the end.
0: One thing I'll say about Rasmus Anderson is I hate him less than I hate Mikey Anderson.
1: <laughs> so,
0: there's that, Bruce.
1: Okay.
0: Hyman now, Hyman now has 11 points in nine games. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Drysdale 16 points in nine games and McDavid 18 points in nine games. Okay, Bruce, what is your number? Let's get let's move yeah. on to numbers.
1: Yeah. Okay, my number is going to be zero, uh, which is the number of power play goals the Oilers allowed in this game. First time all year that they went through uh, 60 minutes of hockey and did not get burned for a single power play goal, and they did it with class on a the night they allowed 42 shots. They they literally allowed one shot on Calgary's three power plays, one of which was truncated by a Calgary penalty. Uh, but still, they, uh, uh, they did the job. Uh, big part of the reason they did the job was Cody Cece uh, and uh, uh, Brett Kulak um, uh, had a fine night on the penalty kill. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl played almost two minutes on the penalty kill, won four out of 5 faceoffs, which really helped. And orders outshot Calgary during his two minutes, two to one, and they were—I uh, um, just thought more in control. And they—I uh, thought they—they uh, they did a good job. And Calgary's PP didn't ever really get it together, which was in part due to the strong work of the penalty kill. And it's just nice to put a goose egg on the on the board after eight straight games of allowing at least one power play goal and in t- two of those games they actually gave in two so there was 10 10 power play goals against through eight <coughs> games i think that's right too yeah. many anyway yeah
0: too many good work good work um bruce my number it's actually a, a group of numbers related to the same thing so what we track um major contributions to great edge shots at both at even strength shorthanded on the power play and at even strength um so what that means is a major contribution is what we're looking for is passes into the slot or plays in the slot that lead to the grade a shot and sometimes if it could start off in the owner's end and if someone makes a great stretch pass it starts off a three on two rush or wins a battle that starts off a three on two rush we will count that as a major contribution to a grade a shot because it is so um you know we're just we're just trying to use our common sense and in, in judging this and we've been doing this for more than a decade now so um there's a surprising uh number there's a pri- surprising person leading the major contributions to grade a shots at even strength this year for the voters so this is even strength play and it's Zach Hyman um, so I just want to give the numbers from last year, the wow. totals from last year, to put this into context. So last year, McDavid had 328 major contributions to grade A shots in his, whatever it was, 82 games that he played. I think he played them At all. At
1: even strength?
0: At even strength. McDavid, 320. Dreisaitl had 281. Mm-hmm. Hyman had 198. Mm-hmm. So you see there's a pretty big gap yep. there. He's about 100 yep. behind the the big guys, Standard. more than 100 behind So, so far this year, Hyman has 38 in the nine games. games, McDavid has uh, 33. Dreisaitl has 30. So um, Kane and Nugent Hopkins both have 20. Each and Bouchard has 23. So Zach Hyman, he's just on fire. And, you know, the interesting thing about him, Bruce, is I, I I was surprised by this. He doesn't hit that much. He doesn't have a high hit total. This year, at least, maybe Mm -hmm. in other years, he's had high hit totals. But he's not a—he's not going in there and clobbering people with big, heavy hits. What he does, he goes in there there first often and wins the puck and holds the puck.
1: Yeah, he's amazing. Takes takes the hit rather than makes the hit because he's (laughs) already got the puck.
0: Yeah, I'll have to try to look up that stat because I think uh, someone keeps that stat about hits taken. Yep, and where he he. Or he rates on hits taken. Now, I don't know how accurate that would be. I'm skeptical of some of the stats in the NHL. And, uh, it's
1: the as hitting- accurate as the hits four, because every hit they record, who who hit who? Who got it?
0: Yeah, so maybe they have it. Maybe maybe they, they're getting it right with Hyman. Anyway, he takes punishment. He puck protects. He's so good with the puck. And he's such a smart hockey player. And it's paying off. He's off to just... Or he's just rocketing along here. And he's leading the team, again, with... Offensive uh, production. Not necessarily uh, <clears throat> points at even strength. I don't know who has the most even strength points, but he's leading the way so far in helping to create. Um, McDavid has 10 even strength points, Hyman has eight, and Dry Settle has seven. So he's pretty close to the big guys. Uh, he's ahead of Dry Settle and just close to McDavid.
1: Mm-hmm. All righty, yeah. Bruce. Any well, that, is, that, is a, that is a big surprise. I mean, your standard uh, distribution for a- Oilers on basically any offensive statistics is McDavid number one, Drysaddle number two, but pretty close to McDavid, and then a much bigger gap between number two and number three. Yes. Which typically might Elephant. be huge or hmm?
0: Great A shots themselves, like who gets off mm-hmm. the most great A shots is Drysaddle who's number one and goals, right. Drysaddle. Right. So, but uh, you he's know, the
1: shooter,
0: the, yes. yeah, he's the shooter. He's
1: but you're first right; he's the best in though. the league, but he's also the shooter. <laughs> yeah, those two
0: guys. It's always those two guys at the top, whatever it is, and there's a huge gap, always. But not right now. Not so far with Hyman in this one uh, statistical category.
1: Yeah, well, he's been stellar, and uh, tonight he scored on the uh, power play. He scored at even strength. He chipped in on the penalty kill. And he was out there in the five-on-six situation, and other times he's out there in the six-on-five situation, depending on what they need. And the point being that they use and rely on him in all situations. Yeah.
0: They are getting their money's worth out of Zach Hyman. Bruce, any final thoughts for uh, Game grades?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's 1 o'clock in the morning, and I'm still at number 29, got a ways to go. So
0: oh, okay. I'll let there you. we go.
1: All but right. uh, it's uh, always uh, a lot more of a pleasant task, kind uh, talking about a win over the Calgary Flames. And so many Saturday nights have been miserably spent bemoaning yet another thumping at the hands of the Flames over all these years. You know, how many times have we have, you know, were the best thing that happened in the 8-1 loss to the Flames was Taylor Hull soaking Dallas Aikens with a water bottle, you know. Uh, those are pretty dreary, or have have been historically pretty dreary, but now the Oilers are <clears throat> doing well, and, and they're doing well in Calgary, in the Saddledome. Of course, they won their last two playoff games there, and now they won the first regular season game there, and I think the Calgary Flames fans are probably pretty... Out at about this point so life is good
0: life is good it's good to be alive Alrighty, bruce thanks for talking tonight
1: thanks for listening everyone and in the
0: meantime and in between times this has been another edition of the cult of hockey podcast